You're listening to The Secret Sauce Podcast, unveiling life's hidden recipes for success, happiness, and fulfillment by finding the unique ingredients that shape individuals' extraordinary journeys. Well, good morning, Lynn. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Jeff. How are you today? I'm awesome. I'm spirited today. I'm, I'm pretty fired up. Me too. <laughs> That's good. Wonderful. Well, you've got big plans for the holidays. Uh, you got any any big expectations? I'm going to stay home and rest over the holidays. Uh-huh. Yeah. I don't think we will be doing any resting with yeah. two kids under four. I think uh, we'll be doing... Lots of chasing down anything that can keep us right. indoors. And then right. probably if we're going to be outdoors, let's go get something that'll keep us wet, like right. water park or right. something. And then my wife asked me this morning if I'd do some barbecuing at some point, you know, or Labor Day, Memorial Day. Labor Day. Labor Day. Right. Easy to get them mixed so, up. So you've worked all year long up until now for the government and the last right. four months of the year is... Is is what you get to take home and it's keep for your family. Last four months is for us. Uh-huh. Yeah. When was what was the purpose of creating Labor Day? When was it, when was Labor Day created? Any idea? Oh no. Yeah, I don't know either. I, don't know. I wonder what president decided. Hey, these guys need a break. Let's give them. Yeah. Let's give them a holiday. Yeah. And yeah. then why? Why nine months into the into the year was it important to celebrate Labor Day? We need to have our research team find that out for us. We'll do us. that. We'll probably need to get some paper in front of us and some notes that we don't have either. Right. So, <laughs> And so, no, no. Do you have brothers and sisters? No, I'm an only child. You're an only child. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Now, oh. I, I've got brothers and sisters, but you'd think I was an only child because I don't see them very often. Yeah, yeah. I talk to my brother. I don't talk to my sister all the time. I talk to my brother quite a bit. Um, but it's... It's kind of saw what I call soft conversation. It's mm-hmm. not anything mm-hmm. too deep or too uh-huh. relevant. Uh-huh. I know he stayed safe during the storm down in Florida. Oh, was he in Florida? He was. Oh. He was supposed to be in the track of the hurricane coming through Jacksonville, but it didn't happen. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and he's in the cheese distribution business. And so he was sending pictures of people getting ready for hurricanes uh, days before it even uh-huh. came, and then when it didn't show up in his area of Jacksonville, he said uh, the grocery business will be dead for the next 10 days. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody bought everything. So And and they really know how to prepare down there. They do. It yeah. sounds like the DeSantis um, was uh-huh. all over it. I heard some interviews of some college students and some uh-huh. other people that thought they were the state, the city, the, the counties were were overly prepared. And so I think that that's a little scary. You know, the secret sauce is to, 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 to get them ready and get them prepared and to evacuate them and keep them safe. But, you know, my past experiences with hurricanes and um, uh, I sold a bunch of stuff to FEMA a couple of different times. I got some neat stories during um, Hurricane Rita when Beaumont blew up. Um, I'd bought on the side of the road a guy that was driving into Houston, and Houston was counterflowing already at that point. So every lane of I-45, except for the feeders, were going north. And so we had a bunch of gas. People were running out of gas. So we took our 500-gallon um, drums of gasoline. They were actually, it's a big plastic container. Uh-huh. And we drove down to the highway and drove in the median 
And anybody that was absolutely running out of gas, we gave them a couple of gallons of gas. But we ran into this guy with generators. Wow. And so I bought $18,000 in generators from him. I had to go to a neighbor's house and get the cash because he wanted cash. And there was a, I knew somebody that had plenty of cash in their safe. And we bought them. And um, hurricane hadn't hit yet. So we took them up to Home Depot in the parking lot. Because uh-huh. they were, they didn't have any generators left at that uh-huh. point, and we sold uh, a couple of them to to some some really no good FBI agents. Oh. I'll tell you the story at the end. Oh right. So so, um, you know, I've always cared about people, and and that was part of the reason for for getting the generators is as I could I foresaw saw things coming that I thought were not going to be favorable to everybody in Conroe. We didn't lose power. Our power came from Nacogdoches, uh-huh. which was, or Navasota, one of the two, but it's kind of up near Texas A&M. Uh-huh. And the storm went through Beaumont. So we didn't lose power up there. So we had all these generators and me and a friend started driving uh, in the generators with the generators on a trailer. Uh-huh. And we got to Beaumont, uh-huh. we got pulled over by the DPS because we thought we had stolen, broken into a store and stolen. Uh-huh. Thank God I had a receipt. And then they wouldn't let me leave. They took me straight to the EOC. And we walked in. I met Jimmy Johnson, which was the county judge. I met the mayor, which I don't remember his name. I remember his mustache, but not his name. And then we met about five minutes after standing in the EOC, Governor Perry walked in. Uh And his team of 12 or so that he had following him, they got over to me and my friend and... Asked us why we were in the room, because uh, we were just kind of standing there. Everybody stopped paying attention to us, and he wanted to know why we were just standing there. We told him we brought a bunch of generators. Governor Perry asked if we could get any more. Uh, I got on the phone that, with the guy that we had bought them from, and they actually bought two 350 KW uh, three-phase generators to power one of the prisons down there. And to power the hospital uh-huh. um, to turn them back on because there was every power line, everything in town was was toppled. Um, they made a deal for a couple million dollars, a little under two million bucks, and they literally drove those generators. They took them off old rigs in Oklahoma, uh-huh. and they met the DPS at the county line. I mean, at the state line. Uh-huh. And they literally drove them. They were saying they were going as fast as 90 miles an hour in those 18-wheelers uh, oh as they were driving from from Oklahoma into Beaumont. Um, um, they, they, my 18 generators that I had that night, they, they told me they'd take my truck and take my trailer, and they'd go deliver them to each one of their fire stations, or they would deputize me as a, a, a volunteer fireman or whatever. I ended up getting the chief's hat, but I, I wasn't the chief by any means. But <laughs> um, And we drove around with a with a, another fireman to every fire station in Beaumont, and we passed out our generators so they'd turn on their walkie-talkies uh-huh. and their coffee makers. Uh-huh. That was their biggest concern, coffee makers and their walkie-talkies. Uh-huh. And so it was a, it was really cool— Cool experience, something, you know, I'll certainly never forget meeting right. Governor Perry, um, the two crooked FBI agents. 
um, stop payment on the check because we didn't lose power. Ah. And then they called me, and I told them what a worthless, no good thief he was, and he didn't appreciate it. So before I could get from my house, which is about 10 minutes from my office, I received a phone call from the Attorney General of the State of Texas. Not, not the actual, but their office. And I, I explained to the first person how they should never, ever want to pick up the phone and call me again. Um, and a lot of words that they probably had never heard before. Um, working as the attorney generals for the state of Texas. And then, so I hung up on them. And then, and then I got some senior person uh, who then transferred me to Janet Dan. You can look her up. She used to be the whole Southern Texas attorney general. And she explained to me how it was in my best interest to return, have them return the generators um, and let them not worry about their bounce checks that they stopped payment on. And I told her what I thought of her, and then they sent me a letter. I had to hire an attorney, had to go down for a hearing in downtown Houston, and um, there was Janet Dan, and towards the end of it, Greg Abbott rolled himself in in his wheelchair, um, and they heard my story. They really wanted to hear more about the guys that they spent $1.7 million worth of generators of the Texas money on. It was probably double the price of those generators. Mm -hmm. But Greg, I mean, Governor Perry negotiated that deal. I mean, literally on my phone, I stood there. He asked me, he was trying to get me to do it, but I I couldn't, I didn't know all the words back then. And so um, um, we got done with the hearing. They said I didn't do anything wrong because I bluntly asked them. They told me again to take the generators back. I stood up and started cussing both of them out. I told them what sorry MFers they were for making me spend money after as many lives as I changed and all the people they got power from me. And at some point, my ex-football playing attorney hit me in the chest so hard he knocked the wind out of me. I kid you not, it's a true story. He drug me by my arm to the elevator. <laughs> I finally got my breath back on the elevator at some point. I didn't even say bye to him. He literally just drugged me out of the room. We get on the elevator and he says to me, Jeffrey, the last thing you want in your life right now is two FBI agents and the attorney general for the United States. We're going to take those generators back. <laughs> so secret sauce is you know, sometimes you just can't win. Sometimes you, you can't, can't win. win. No. <laughs> that was a great story. I, I got a great hat out of it. I got some cool pictures that, that, right. that are probably out there somewhere on the net. Um, yeah. Um, meeting all the firemen. I mean, they hugged me like I was their wife. They were so excited right. to see me because they were stuck in the yeah. in the firehouses. You know, they had to be ready. And so yeah. um But meeting was- the meeting the governor, you know, I always tell because he's the governor today. Right. Right. So I'll, I've I've told the story many times. There's not many people that have probably cussed out Abbott other than Jeffrey Davis. <laughs> and you learned a lot of what not to do. You know, I was to learn. I was growing myself again. I'd I'd 
I had spent some time away from my family because of some of the bad things that I'd done. Mm-hmm. Um, I was only three or four months out of jail when I met Governor Abbott. Uh-huh. I was already striving to get on top. I was back in the land business. Uh-huh. Um, meeting Governor Abbott after a couple of months of being in one of his state's institutions um, was a big deal to me. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I think it was really... You know, people talk about launching points in their life. I would tell you that was probably a launching point. Not that he said something great to me or gave me something great, but I had a story. Right. I had a story of why I had the ability to be successful. Look what I'd already done. Exactly. And so um, it was a driving force for me to to go and touch as many great people as I could. And Uh over the next two, three, four years, I did just that. I grew grew two different communities that Uh weren't. But just like little dots on a on a piece of paper, right? Um, right, right. We created a lot of stability. Uh-huh. Um, there's several companies that I created during that time that are out there today, employing dozens, if not hundreds, of people. Uh-huh. Um, and all of that spurred from from buying a eighteen thousand dollars. And again, I was only a couple months removed from from a state institution, and I literally. Hey Charles, can can I get eighteen grand from you? Here's my story. Right. And he knew me, and he knew my boss, and he uh-huh. knew I, I had lots of money coming to me from from work. And uh-huh. it was like, yeah, man, hold yeah. on just a second. Then he brings yeah. me three stacks of five thousand and thirty five hundred dollars right. and hundred dollar bills, and says, "Hey, good luck to you on those right. generators." <laughs> and then when we didn't lose power, he was like, "Hey Jeff, when do you think I'm gonna get that money?" <laughs> right. right, right, right. But he. Uh, he was cool. He was uh, he was a neat guy. Um, stock trading changed probably because of him and some of their people. Mm-hmm. You ever heard the stories about? Uh, that's the reason why I know he had cash. Stories about the people owning the 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 bowling alleys, and then the back of the bowling alleys, they had all these computer systems and fax machines that they were bombarding people, and they called it the pump-and-dump schemes back yeah. in the oh, 90s. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Him and a couple of really, really smart guys had mm-hmm. probably got into it in the penny stock mm-hmm. business back 96, 97, mm-hmm. if I can remember right. Mm-hmm. Um. And they always had a had a company that was that was gonna hit the big time, and you know I'd, I'd see you know we'd see the faxes. We didn't know that for a long time that it was actually him, but um, he got raided and arrested. We saw them take a um, bobcat and drive it through his front door oh, wow. and drag his safe uh-huh. out of his house. Uh-huh. They like destroyed like. Went through a wall in the master bedroom, mm-hmm. like they literally dragged mm-hmm. his safe out of the house, regardless of what they were doing to the home. Right, right. Uh-huh. And I, I, I saw him several years later, so he probably didn't go to prison, but um, he definitely was a super wealthy man because of the the penny stock right. here. Right. And I think there was a lot of them out there. You know, that's I think they call that crypto today. It's just right. a Right. A different. Uh, are you into crypto? You have any crypto? I am. I have crypto. I, you know, yeah. I am too. Yeah. I, I I believe it's a the secret sauce to crypto is knowing that 
today, in my opinion, in today's market, um, the only way to stabilize and grow crypto, because um, you're uh, today you're not going to see Bitcoin back up at $100,000 or $89,000. It can get back there, but you're going to have to create a whole lot of millionaires along the way. Mm-hmm. So at one point, there's some cryptos that's out there that had... 12,000 millionaires they created in two years. Right. Um, and then it went back down. So they, they, they said the number now is like, it's in less than less than a thousand yeah. all of a sudden because of, but, but I believe, and I believe, I believe that, that there's a lot of people around the world that want to put money somewhere that their government doesn't mm-hmm. necessarily touch, even though, mm-hmm. You're taxed and regulated, even America, on what you own, what right. you don't, what you sell. But I think to to make it stable again, which the billionaires are not going to let it go away, they're right. going to have to create right. millions of right. millionaires. Right. Right. And so, I think buying some of the right ones um, could help yeah. you experience that, uh, like like some other people I know. I know a person that um, that that bought and owned. Bitcoin in the nineties. I I almost bought Bitcoin when it first came out. When it first started, it, I, it was fascinating to me at the time. I did nineteen eighty nine. Is that right? Yeah, somewhere in there. Uh, and then I bought Bitcoin in twenty seventeen. Okay, so I bought it at a good good price. Uh-huh. Yeah, and then sold it at a good price. Uh-huh. Yeah, you, what did you buy it? At? Three four thousand dollars and sell it at fifteen or twenty. No, it was higher than that when I sold it. Yes. But I have some other things now. I like I like crypto. Yeah, I like crypto. Yeah. I think they're going to print a lot of millionaires. I think mm-hmm. they have to. The only way mm-hmm. to keep it around is to make people randomly wealthy off of mm-hmm. it, so mm-hmm. that they can then mm-hmm. become your cheerleaders, right? For your your cryptocurrency, yeah. whatever one it is, and so. Um, I think there's a lot of them out there, but I think if you pay attention to to where the growth is and where uh-huh. the value is, uh-huh. to print millionaires, it has to be so cheap the common man can be a part right. of it. Right. And then, and then it's got to get to a number that is so unrecognizable to everyday people, so they're not paying enough attention to right. it. That, but at the same time, it prints hundreds and millions of millionaires from it. Right. Um, right. And so. I think it's great. I think there's a a secret sauce to being extremely successful in 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 crypto. I certainly hope you know. I've I never thought I'd have the ability to own a billion anything, right? And I've got almost six or seven billion coins, right? Uh-huh. Right. So I thought, you know, why not? If, right. You know, when are you going to get a chance to have a billion anything? So yeah. I thought it was worth it. Yeah. Yeah, crypto's fun. It, it, it's playful, and it's possibly good. Uh-huh. You know? It could be, it could be good. It can be dangerous, but it's fun. Yes. So you yeah. look at it kind of like going to Vegas. You know, I'm going there with three thousand dollars. If I come home with zero, yeah. I went to Vegas with three thousand dollars to go yeah. play with. Yeah. And that's kind of what we did. We thought, hey, this is, if this is going to be our chance, we've got X number of dollars to throw at it, and right. let's let it sit there and. Let it ride, right, right. you know, because I mean, most of them, if you look back, except for the ones that disappeared or got sued by the government, 
over time, they all grew. <clears throat> there wasn't a right. coin that didn't grow at some point. Now, I think a lot yeah. of them have gone down, but I like it. I think it's going to be a, a lot of fun for a lot mm. of people, but we talk about it, my wife and I do. Most people earn, work, get educated, get it passed down their wealth. Uh-huh. But crypto has the ability to take everyday people and make them multi, multi millionaires. And it's done it for a lot of people. It has. And so so how how okay. has that affected our our country or the world when you, you get people that become millionaires not from hard work? Well, you have a lot of young people who were who were able to get very wealthy from oh, it because yeah. they could they could play with it. First time my mm-hmm. wife and I went to, to to Seattle, or second time actually, we were at a at a, a breakfast place called the Biscuit Bitch, um, and they kind of yelled at you like you're going to somewhere. They told you to hurry or move fast, or they kick you the hell out of the store if you weren't <laughs> fast enough. <laughs> um, but outside, I talked to a guy for just a brief second or two, and he had on a platinum solid gold Rolex. He looked like he was twenty something. Mm-hmm. Just asking, I was like, how'd you get there? And it was like, crypto. Right. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. yeah, and he had on the fanciest platinum Rolex I think I've ever seen. Yeah. So I think it's possible. <clears throat> I think it's probable. Uh-huh. Right. Um, but it's not, it's, not a, it's not a tomorrow morning success. Right. I think it's something that you're going to have to hold and, and, you, and, and, and you, do your time. And you have to learn about it. You have to do your homework. Yeah. Well, the secret sauce to anything in success is mm-hmm. doing your homework, mm-hmm. paying attention to what you mm-hmm. what you know and what you don't know. Mm-hmm. And what you don't know, you find people that can tell you. Right. You know, I'm a big proponent of that. I, I had a incredible land deal one time, a guy buying a $9 million ranch from me. And I was talking to one of the super wealthy people here in the Burleson area, Mr. Shipman. And I said to him, man, I don't know anything about deer ranches. He was wants to buy this $9 million deer ranch. They said, well, call TCU, call their agricultural department, see mm-hmm. if they got someone that'll go out there with you. Uh-huh. And I did just that. And yeah, I would be darned if the guy was more excited than I was yeah. about the whole deal. He showed up right on time. He talked to him about every strand of grass that was growing out there on this 9,000 acres. Um, he talked to him about the animals that they saw and didn't see and what did you need to fix. I mean, it was just an incredible experience. Wow. But the the guy, knowing that he hired me to sell him a deer ranch, and I told him, yeah, I sold lots of ranches, no problem. You, know, you ever sold a deer ranch? Well, I've sold ranches with deer on them, I think is what I told him. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, but he was a referral. friend of mine who's got a real estate license. Uh-huh. Called and said, hey, man, I, I need you to help my buddy. I don't know anything about I I do one aspect of real estate, and that's not it. Mm-hmm. And it was, a, it was a cool experience. I mean, to, so never, be, never hesitate to reach out to anybody for help because you just never know. I mean, this guy was the head, did the dean of their it, – it wasn't just agriculture. It was – he was over, like, animals and cattle and maybe mm-hmm. – Ranches. They had this whole department that mm-hmm. was right. 
and he was just he was he was fabulous and right. and my client got without me telling him he got the education that he wanted uh-huh. when he was touring the ranch so he never questioned me about Deer ranches after that. Right, because you knew how to hire the expert to help. Yes. Yeah. Ranchers were my expertise. I learned this yeah. from him. Yeah. You know, we've talked about him before. Um, he's the one, the guy that told me to stay in my lane. Uh-huh. Get uh-huh. get in your damn lane. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. Go in and... It was funny. I was selling him a ranch, which is what I think is my lane. And uh-huh. he was telling me, stay in that lane. Uh-huh. Um, but um, he was he stayed in such his lane. Um he owned a gigantic $7 billion a year mortgage business. Mm. Uh, and he had no contacts in commercial real estate. Mm-hmm. He literally didn't know how to uh-huh. finance. Uh-huh. I mean, he's worth tens of hundreds of millions of dollars maybe. And he didn't know how to finance a ranch. Uh-huh. So we, we, you know, those deals, you don't just talk to your mortgage right. broker. Um, we, we knew some presidents of some banks and we spoke to some presidents of banks about the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we got one of the local banks, presidents met with him. Uh-huh. He has massive assets. So they were like, yes, no problem. Need to appraise. The appraisal came in like on a Monday. They closed on a Thursday. Monday morning, the bank president died. Heart attack. Oh, my God. Uh-huh. And so that Talk deal may have not would have happened because if it would have gone into the new year, the new guy, oh the guy selling wasn't going to sell it. His wife was dying. Oh, wow. And she died. A week or two after they sold the ranch, and I've heard he probably wouldn't have sold it. So interesting about timing. Mm-hmm. Timing is very interesting and very important. You know, we don't we don't think much about that, but I it, do think about timing because yeah. I know you disagree with me, but but timing and preparation equals luck to me. Well, yeah. You know, I don't I, disagree. I think you know, maybe you throw grace in there. You got to be ready for the timing. Right. And, right. Right, right, right. And the opportunity, but but I think that equals luck. Uh-huh. You know, you got to uh-huh. be ready for it. Uh-huh. You got to be there. You got to uh-huh. have the commitment. You got to uh, put in the time and be ready to move. Be ready. Yeah. You know, that's. I think lots of people would have lots more, a whole lot more success in their life if they were just willing to 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 adapt and change. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Doesn't mean you leave where you're at for new. The grass is not always greener at the next spot. Um, and I find that a lot in business today with the generations below me is that there there's none of those people that have been on their job 20 years. Right. Um, you're lucky if they've been on their job right. four or five years. Right. Um, where my generation and older generations, they're retiring from their job, which means they've been there 20 years or more. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. My dad did it. His Mm -hmm. granddad did it. Mm -hmm. But you don't see that now because the grass is always green. They're actually used. They get a job for $90,000. They might be working there two weeks and start looking for new jobs because they got a $90,000 salary here and start telling people they want $110,000 and start looking for jobs Mm because now they have a baseline. Right. And now they try to move their baseline up. And so they're going from opportunity to opportunity to opportunity. I don't know as a hiring person how you would hire that person. I wouldn't. But, I mean, I heard the the Dallas Cowboy rec- uh, recruiter's probably the wrong word. Scout is probably the, a better the word. Scout. Mm-hmm. He died. And yes, so, yes. But they were talking to him, and he said, 
we, excuse me, we revolutionized scouting by asking the not so normal questions. Mm-hmm. Like we'd ask you, do you play baseball? Mm-hmm. Do you play baseball as a kid? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, great. What positions did you play? Mm-hmm. And and I wish that he would could have would have told me why their computer system and their an- analytics told him. But he said if you played outfield or second base in baseball, uh-huh. you were not going to be a professional athlete. Interesting. And so if any of them would tell him that they played second base or outfield when little league baseball, mm-hmm. he'd immediately cross them off his list. Didn't matter if they were the Hasman trophy winner That's that was gone. I yeah. thought it was fast. That was right. something, you know, wish somebody would have asked him the second question and said, okay, why? What 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 right. about those two positions in baseball made him made him not a good athlete? Yeah, he died a couple of days ago. He did. Yeah. And revolutionized the industry, you uh-huh. know. Uh-huh. He came up with his own secret sauce, you know. That's why, you know, we talk about it a lot and we want people to know other people's secret sauces. Is, you know, he created his own, but his sauce is being used by everybody mm-hmm. in recruiting uh-huh. today. Uh-huh. And so, you know, the more other people's secrets and secret sauces we can learn to them about success, that, that we all got to have opportunities for greatness. Uh-huh. And there's got to be other people that came down from him I and can, from his knowledge right? and from his secrets that have gone on to, to other football teams and created great successes. They had to have. But, you know, you have to be different. Mm-hmm. Nobody was using computers back then. They thought they were all stupid. Right, right. Um, everybody in the NFL made fun of them, he said. Um, I didn't know the Cowboys were originally owned by a guy who owned a software company that became worth millions of dollars. Um, before Jerry Jones bought the Cowboys mm-hmm. from him, the original owner was a software guy. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Owned an IBM 35. Right. That's how they originally... Right. Did their analogs and, right. and algorithms for, right. for football. But, you know, it's always uh, amazing how many different professions are out there that you never think, you know. Uh-huh. How many people did he have working for him uh-huh. Uh-huh. just for the Cowboys? I would have never uh-huh. thought growing up that I want to be a scout someday. Like, I know. But, so maybe we need to spend more time letting letting everyday Americans know what all opportunities are out there. And, you know, you're not just going to have to be a doctor to be rich if that's your goal. Right. You know, you don't have to just be a teacher to to change lives, you know. There's so many different possibilities. But how do you know what they are? Well, you have to talk to people. You have to listen. You have to be aware of what's going on around you. And a lot of people aren't curious. Aren't curious, isn't that, right. isn't that our natural nature to be curious about well, things? Well, one would think so, but apparently it's not. No. Yeah. It should be. And the curiosity of things on how you make them better. Yeah, yeah. You know, whether it's a yeah. personal relationship with a friend, uh-huh. relationship with a, your kid's teacher, you know, it's curiosity, yeah. you know, even asking. Right. You know, it's probably one of my techniques when, when I do sales with people is, I want them to let them know I'm interested in who they are and what they are. So I'm curious. And so I ask questions to uh-huh. let them know that I'm curious on who they are. Because I believe if you're talking about you when it comes to sales, then you feel more comfortable with me, even though I'm not the one talking. But the more you talk, the more comfortable you feel right. with me. And so 
I, I like asking the curious questions. And it's interesting to find out how people became who they are. It's fascinating. It's one my, my one of my. <laughs> if I've known you for more than three or four or five minutes, I'm asking you what you uh-huh, do because uh-huh. I do believe that you uh-huh. know, knowing what someone does for a living says a lot about who they are. Not that any profession's bad right? or any profession's good, but if you're an accountant at Pricewaterhouse Cooper and you're an auditor. I kind of get who you are. I've, I've met a lot of auditors. Person. Yeah. And so oh. um, I kind of know how your brain's going to uh-huh. tick. And, uh-huh. you know, if you tell me you're a, you know, you're a professional cowboy roper, um, I know I might have a hard time with you because mm-hmm. I'm probably going to have a hard time relating to you and talking to you about your profession. I can talk to somebody about accounting and auditing, mm-hmm. but I don't know anything about roping a horse. Or oh. I guess you don't even rope the damn horse. You rope the cow. So, so I really don't know cow. what I'm talking you rope about. The cow. <laughs> You're on the horse. You rope the cow. <laughs> and so, you know, there you go. I, I, you know, and then all of a sudden I, feel, I'm, I look stupid. And so, so maybe you, know, you need to find some ropers and talk to them. You know, I'll try. Yeah. I, I used to have an investment guy that uh, was a part of buying the, the, the steer every year. Yeah. Um, he owned uh, another real estate company uh-huh. here, but that was. You that was the, his deal. During the Fort Worth stock show? Yes. Yeah. And um, they, uh, him and his partners owned a, a ranch out in Weatherford, and they raised roping horses. Uh-huh. But I didn't realize those roping horses were hundreds of thousands right. of dollars. But, I mean, right. they can pick up their left foot if you tell them, yeah. put your left foot in the air and shake it all about. They like right. they, Their horses can do all that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but he was a neat guy. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Flores was his name. Tried to sell me his office furniture that was no good. <laughs> I was just getting into back into real estate when I met him, trying to uh-huh. buy his track of land and turn right. it into a subdivision. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, you don't know who you meet, but you know, recognizing in sales for me it was recognizing also, like the cowboy, I'm gonna have a hard time here. So uh-huh. maybe I know need to go get Jim Bob, uh-huh. who can relate to him uh-huh. better and uh-huh. split that commission. And that, and that's the sale. Yeah. Even though you split the commission, that's the sale. I want all the money. Uh-huh. Yeah. Why shouldn't you? I mean, if you're in sales, you should be driven by getting all the money. Yeah. But uh, if you lose the sale because you don't know anything about roping. Then, it's your fault. Yeah. Uh, right. Zero is not fun. Right. Zero uh, is not fun. <laughs> zero <Yeah>. is not fun. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that real quick in life. <laughs> and so what... Um, what um, do you have any animals? Dogs, I have, cats? I have four dogs. I have a half red bone coon hound, and the other half is various different animals. Had her, had her, had her uh, genealogy genealogy done, and I have three little mixes, little little mixed mixed up dogs. They're, they, they're all, all adorable, tiny. Uh huh. Uh, and the other about, uh, about ten pounds each. Yeah. All of them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sugar bear is forty pounds. Oh wow. Yeah. And so you come home and they go crazy. I got two dogs that go crazy when I walk in. Oh the yeah, door. they love it when you come home. Uh-huh. They love to eat and they love it when you come home. Now, are you a free eater? Do you let them let them eat? I feed them once a day. Their their meat with their 
dry food, and then they have a little dry food in their bowls all day long. Yeah. Yeah. How do you feed yours? Um, <laughs> I eat a bunch of table scraps. Uh-huh. We even buy them chicken uh-huh. from, from the store. Right. Um, from Albertsons, you know, the little pulled apart chicken. Right. Um, and then they have a bowl of food where uh-huh. they can go yeah. and get it whenever. Our dogs are, I don't know how your dogs do it, but if either one of the bowls, the water bowls or their food bowls go empty, then we have tile floors. They will push that thing and scratch it on the floor. All Like they put the paw in it like, like they're making a record or something. And so you can hear it echoing throughout the whole house. So, you know, you know someone needs a refill. Fill the bowl. I used to have a dog that would, uh, we had a bell on the door and he'd ring the oh, bell yeah. on the door to, to go, go out. out. Uh-huh. Yeah. And it was really easy to uh-huh. to teach him. I didn't, I'd, I'd learned it from somebody else. I didn't have a clue that that, that was even oh, a yeah. thing. Dogs are very easy to train. Mm-hmm. They really are. Except for Shih Tzus. Oh. I've never known anybody that had a oh. Shih Tzu that was able to get it potty trained. Really? Interesting. Yeah. Nasty. More yeah. Like you know, yeah. everything's gross. My, my dogs had a really good trainer. Uh-huh. There, there's a place called Shape-A-Pup, and they they use clicker training. Okay. They were all clicker trained, uh-huh. and it's a really good way to train a dog. So you clicker them at the house? They're, they're trained now, so I don't I don't have to do it. They're all trained. We did the same thing when, when we got our, our Shih Tzu. Um, she's a little miniature brown mm-hmm. Shih Tzu. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a great lady, um, I think it's canine shepherds, mm-hmm. um, but she does dog training. Uh-huh. And so when we travel, she watches our dogs uh-huh. for us. She uh-huh. lets them come in their house like, like right. they're, they're animals. Because right. our kid, our dogs are good with everybody. Right, right. Um, but she was great. We, we left the dog there for a week. Like we uh-huh. had him for like two days, three uh-huh. days, and then we took her to her for a week. Uh, and they kept him, was it a, I think it was a week, week, uh-huh. 10 days, something like right. that. Right. Um, but when we got him back, he he did everything except jump on you. She was trying to teach him not to jump on mm-hmm. you, mm-hmm. and she'd tell you, "Don't pet him when he jumps on you." Well, right. That's like the easiest time to pet him is like when they're like all the way up by your knee, right. and you just reach down and pet. Him. Right. <laughs> and so, um, but she did a great job with him, and you know, I appreciate having trained dogs. Oh, yeah. um, Going to people's houses where their dogs are just terrible. Is... And and that's not fair to the dog. Mm-hmm. My, my dogs are really well trained, except Sugar Bear is a sociopath. Sugar Bear. Sociopath. Yeah, so were you a... able to identify that because of yes. your background? And, and I was able to identify that because she wanted to kill the other dogs. <laughs> the other dogs have all, all been to the... That because she did right, right. So now the three little dogs have their area and Sugar Bear has her area. So... They don't. Uh-huh. They don't. They don't interact. co-mingle anymore. They don't co-mingle anymore. Just sugar. Is sugar bear old and doesn't want anybody messing with her? Or? She she's prey driven and she has toys, and she has when she has treats, they're hers, mm-hmm. and all the toys are hers, and she doesn't want anybody to touch them. Uh-huh. So. And you can you can fix that for you. You can you can have some therapy sessions you with your dog. Fix a sociopath. Ruff, 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 ruff. You no? cannot fix a sociopath. <laughs> They're not fixable. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but we love her. We, we love, love her. her. Yeah. Yeah. No lithium? No lithium. Mm. Had her on Prozac for a while, but it didn't seem to make a difference. <laughs> so you're like, man, I forget. She's still biting my other dogs. <laughs> she took her off. <laughs> That's crazy. We had a dog that was, uh, 
that was getting kind of same thing. Uh-huh. A friend of ours was watching our dog and their dog decided to bite the dog uh-huh. like every time they watched it. So right. <laughs> we eventually stopped 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 the watching. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. So were you always an animal lover? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You always had pets growing up? Always had pets. I've got a lot of clients that don't allow animals in their house oh, at all. I can't imagine life without animals. Um, they, I, I, I saw a client of mine crawl into another man's lap because a dog came in the, in the house. <laughs> right. For real. Like, <laughs> I believe like this it. Guy, but, but where he had grown up in another country... Um, Dogs were everywhere, mm-hmm. and so he had been bitten a bunch oh, yeah. growing up oh, yeah, yeah. by just all the stray dogs oh, and yeah. all the streets. And so, well, he was afraid. Um, I, well, he had told me, "Hey, you know, is there any dogs there?" Like, we anytime we went and saw property, and he'd ask me, and I didn't pay enough attention to <laughs> the the fear of right. animals that were like that. But that lady put the dog outside before we got there. I knew he was nervous. Mm-hmm. About the dog, she put him outside. Mm-hmm. The dog got out of the backyard. I guess however it got out of the backyard, and there was a doggy door in the garage, so it went around the mm-hmm. house and then came in the doggy door. Right, because then all of a sudden it was a really small twelve hundred or so square foot house. Because then all of a sudden, boom! There was the dog in the living room, right. and he did. He jumped from sitting into. Another grown man's lap, and the grown man was holding him, and I'm grabbing the dog, and he's telling him, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. <laughs> so not all of us appreciate animals the same way. And, I don't, you know, maybe maybe they have a different appreciation for them, just not in the house. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, had, I used to be afraid of dog bites, but I had an Australian shepherd who was blind mm-hmm. and deaf, and so... If you surprised him, he would bite you. Not because he was mean, he was just shocked and surprised. So I was bitten three times by him. And, you know, I'm not afraid of dog bites anymore because it was okay. Well, until yeah. till the next one. Well, I mean, I, I don't think your, yeah. your current dogs will bite you. Will no, they? my current dogs won't bite me. But no. Max, Max was, you know, he was a fear biter because. You didn't know what was going to happen. Our, our, do you counsel people that their dogs are too important to them in their life? Or is that a, see, dogs, I, I think. I don't think dogs can be too important. Well, if they put them in front of their family and. Well, perhaps. Because <laughs> I see, I see, see a lot of. People and I just see them online, so I don't know their personal life. But I kind of think dogs are the most important part of the family. <laughs> see, I think it's the kiddos and the wife. Oh, I do. But too. that's just me. I do too. <laughs> like, like obviously, the 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 children have to be most important. And, I, and your wife. I think there's a lot of single women and men that their animals are like their kids, and so they don't need anybody else. Well, they might be. I, the, I read an article that said you shouldn't have a dog until you have a relationship. Hmm. No, you don't think that's so? Come on, you have to have a dog. (laughs) You have to have a dog. This is the first time in my life I've not had a cat. I've always, always had a cat. So cat people don't scare you. Mm -mm. (laughs) (laughs) I've always had cats and dogs. I've never had any other kind of animal, but I would be open to that. 
I had some hamsters. It didn't work yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually the dog eats the hamsters. Yeah, they get I don't know what I did, but they didn't look very Something dreadful long. happens. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was a cat person. Uh-huh. Still, she's still a cat person. I say a cat person because her and her sister had, I think, mm-hmm. seven or eight kitty uh-huh. cats when, right. I'm, when I met them. And, right. um, I did buy her a cat when she moved in with me right. after a while, but right. I wasn't going to have seven cats. Yeah. No. yeah. You know, you have to have the right number of animals. Like four animals is probably maximum. I, I would agree with you. Yeah. We we you yeah. know our dogs are getting old, and we've even thought about a another dog because mm-hmm. I think we'd love to have a another little dog running around. I think uh-huh. both of our kids would think it was uh-huh. like the best uh-huh. because Theo and Callie were were there when they right. when they came, and right. so they've just been a part. They've always been there. Something new's not been there, so right. I think they'd love it. Um, um, but we've got a cat and two dogs, and we'd like to travel. And so uh-huh. um, we're probably going to stay at the two dogs and the cat for yeah. now. Yeah. Um, but I don't, I think if, if one left, we'd probably replace it. Yeah. 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 Three is good. Four is probably max. So but, you've had a bunch of breeds of dog. What was your favorite? Uh, I had a Saluki. A what? A Saluki. It's like an Afghan. Uh, I would love to get an Afghan pincher. I think they're cool. They are cool. So Lukies are very cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, That probably was the most interesting dog I've had. Yeah? Yeah. Just curious, just Uh, loving, like... Very, very interactive dog. Uh, They want to be with their owner so much that when we would go out, it was when I I was married to my ex-husband, and... When we would go out in the evening, we would get a babysitter for her because she would grieve and whine if she was left alone. Yeah, I had a dog yeah. that was like that. We yeah. finally, she, we were able to potty train her because she didn't want to be in the mm-hmm. in the kennel, and she was uh-huh. like, I, "I promise, I won't pee on anything uh-huh. if you'll just not put me in the kennel." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so we didn't, and she was fine. Yeah, but, yeah. But she hated the kennel, and she would cry, and oh. I'd, get, I'd get phone calls. We was living in San Antonio in the quarry in one of the apartments, oh. uh, and I'd get phone calls from the office. Your dog's been whining for five hours. Oh, like, my God. How sad. It'll be right there. Yeah, that's terrible. So. Yeah, my dogs are all kennel trained. They, I started training them when they were babies, uh-huh. and so they, they like their kennels. And at night, they, they go into their kennel by themselves. Oh, do they? To sleep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, no, our our two dogs are on our bed. The yeah. kitty cat, the dogs, it's like it's like Tom and Jerry at our house. Um, if the cat's anywhere near the dog, the dog is chasing the kitty cat. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and so the kitty cat has become a nocturnal right. kitty. So right. she comes out at night and roams the house because right. we can see her hair places, so we know uh-huh. she's walking the house. Uh-huh. But, while the dogs are sleeping in mommy and daddy's room. <laughs> <laughs> so she has freedom at night. Oh, gosh, yeah. yes. When they were f- babies, I mean, it was terrible. Like, my, my little schnauzer, like, the cat just anywhere around. He was chasing it all over the house until it got somewhere high enough to get away uh-huh. from him. And then he'd park his ass right below where she was sitting and <laughs> waiting for her to, to move. Just, just move. That's all I need you to do, and then I can bark at you for 10 more minutes. <laughs> but I think, you know, the, the great part about animals is, you know, it's the affection, it's the attention. I when, when I when yeah, It was definitely a secret sauce to one of my 
offices. I used mm. to bring my uh-huh. my uh, Bichon. I have, we have a white, uh-huh. uh, I guess all Bichon's white, but right, right. we have a beautiful Bichon, and I used to take her to work every day. Uh-huh. Um, and with all the drama that was going on in my office at the time, consolidating offices, and I had 10 or 15 women, and when you have that many women working in one office, it's lots of drama. They, yeah. they team up against each other, which yeah. I didn't, I wasn't expecting. You didn't know that. No, they they really do like 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 and and they might be click six seven eight this week and they might be click five four three next week and so they they switch on teams and it was it was it's it and and it's a lot of it was a lot of conversations a lot of managing a lot of um, drama it was a lot of drama mm-hmm. but the dog at the office kept the drama down yeah um, because they could. Instead of snapping at Susie, they dog would yeah. they take the dog outside to go pee for a yeah. few minutes. Yeah, the the dogs bring peace. Yeah, they do. I think they do, and, they, uh-huh. and I think they do in a in a household. You know, our, and I I read, read somewhere that if you look in a dog's eyes, your heart rate goes down. Really? Mm-hmm. What about the one that bites you? Well, she has eyes too. <laughs> <laughs> They're not biting all the time. No. Now I've known some pretty aggressive dogs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we had a border collie one time that was pretty aggressive. Mm-hmm. But I think that's just their nature. Mm-hmm. Anyhow. Yeah. yeah so they, what's the secret sauce to to getting your dogs to go sleep in their kennel? None of my dogs liked uh, it. When they were babies. Uh-huh. When they were babies, uh, their kennel was a, a good place where it had treats and mm. toys. Uh-huh. And so they see their, their kennels as a nice comfortable place. They also have big soft beds in there. Yeah. So they're they're nice. And I think it's like their cave. Mm. You yeah. ever recommended to a client to get an animal? You know, I haven't. No. No, I haven't. I've had some clients I think shouldn't have animals. Oh really? Yeah. And do you do you share? Uh not necessarily. No. Probably. Uh, but I think sometimes people don't take good care of their animals. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know how you can yeah. be a good person and abuse an animal. I don't either. I mean, I I've either. spanked my dogs when they've torn up mama's shoes or yeah. ate my leather jacket. Yeah, yeah. Um, but we don't yeah. imagine not no. feeding them or abusing no. them or leaving them outside. Like our dogs don't even, we got doggy doors in our yeah. big old fancy house. So yeah. our dogs yeah. can go in and outside yeah. and they trek mud in, they've rent my carpet. I mean, it's okay. It's, it's okay. okay. Yeah. Yeah. And if, and if you have Prada shoes and they want to chew on them, that's okay. The leather jacket was hard. Yeah. It, I, I didn't even realize he had done it. It's hard, but you, and then it's I, I put the jacket on not knowing. And then I had a half a sleeve. I was like, oh my goodness. Because <laughs> I must have ate all of it because it, it was all gone. <laughs> there was a Banana Republic leather jacket. I still remember. Yeah, it was nice. One of the fancy ones got tucked in all side. <laughs> your animals eat up your stuff? I've, I've never had an animal chew on something they shouldn't have chewed on. But I'll, I'll, when they're young, I buy them lots of rawhides and things to chew on. Rawhides. You do yeah. rawhides. We can't do rawhides at our house. Our dogs don't do well with them. Oh, oh. Now, have yeah. you ever done the the peanut butter bones? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Oh, I love uh-huh. those. Uh-huh. My dogs do great uh-huh. with those. Yeah. And I get the, the ears. The, the Yeah. No. Yeah. 
<laughs> just sounds bad, so I'm, I'm out on that already. <laughs> like pickled feet. No, thank you. Right, right, right. Pickled eggs. You ever eaten a pickled egg? Never. No. Never. I don't There's, think I will. <laughs> I'm going to bring you some pickled stuff. We've, we right. we ordered some, I think it's called Mrs. Ann's, uh-huh. um, and... Uh, they sent us a whole bunch of pickled stuff, like really? pickled beets. and. I love pickled beets. Oh, do you? Yeah. Well, I can get that out of my refrigerator next oh, Wednesday. Then. Yeah, I love pickled beets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you'll love it. They're pretty. I'm just not touching them. I'm not even opening the damn thing. Oh, like, they're good. You got anything to open them? Maybe hard. You may have to hit it on the bottom uh, a couple yeah, times. Yeah, you bang them on the floor. No, you hit the bottom of it. I learned it. The lady told me, it's like, it's like ketchup. You know, oh. you got to tilt it just right. Okay, to, okay. But... When you can't open, if you hit it real okay. hard on the bottom, the the air pressure that's in oh, the, yeah. the sealed container will push it so hard on the top, it. it'll pop it. You'll actually hear it pop. Okay. And then it's just, it'll open right so up. So I just me. turn them upside down and bang the lid on the floor. Uh-huh. <laughs> Probably the same That's thing. a neat technique. <laughs> 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 yeah, you can bring your pickle beets. I like pickle beets. No, I'm, I'm yeah. going to bring them to you. <laughs> And I had beets in my garden, but this hot summer probably. Yeah, we started off the summer great, but yeah. but I, we're, we're, yeah. there's not anything left of it. It's almost, it looked yeah. like it like caught fire. We had our own little forest yeah, fire my, in our my, backyard. My garden looks that way too. <laughs> it was terrible. You know, we've, we've had gardens that lasted all year long. Mm, um, and know. this year it just didn't happen. Yeah, too hot. Too hot. And it's it killed Texas. a couple of my trees up front, too. Yeah, that's sad. Yeah. I've watered mine, and I've probably broken some laws, but I've watered them. Yeah. Oh, y'all have water restrictions out yeah, there? Yeah, in Fort Worth, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. I need to get you out in Johnson County and <laughs> run J-Sud water all day if you want. Well, I just do it at night. <laughs> <laughs> Secret sauce to watering is at night in Fort Worth, right? When, the, when they're not looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be sending this episode into the city hall. Today. <laughs> <laughs> well, Lynn, it's 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 been great. I'm super excited. Next week we have uh, one of the owners of Santos Tacos. Oh, great! Um, she'll be here. She has a very God led story of her uh-huh. life. Um, she's changed a lot of lives. Um, um, I think it's going to be great to talk to her and hear her right. her secret sauces to to life. Um, and and I, I'm I'm expecting we're both going to learn some great stuff. Well, I think just having a taco is life-changing. Our tacos <laughs> were life-changing. Like, right. Um, and it was random. We, we we were supposed to meet. I believe that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. She called my wife about a property, wanting to put a taco stand or open up a new taco restaurant. Um, we looked up the taco place. We'd never heard of it. Uh, I went up there to pick up tacos, and her and I hit it off like we were best friends, just to chatting. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave her the phone number of one of the most influential men here in town, Mr. Shipman. Uh, she's been to talk to him about growing her business. Uh-huh. Um, I think he's going to help change her life. Wow. Man, um, she'll tell you, you know, it, us meeting, me walking in there for tacos that day was not by chance. Not by chance. No, ma'am. Yeah. And, and I think that's great, you know, if. If I can, you know, maybe part of my secret sauce for my friends and family and people that know me is being able to, to call me and and 
get a number or a contact for someone that'll change right. your life. Because right. you know, I've 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 kept those people close to my chest, uh-huh. and I know who they are, uh-huh. and I know where they fit with other people. Uh-huh. And so, uh-huh. if I meet one of those people that needs one of those life changing uh-huh. people, I give them that person's cell phone number. Maybe right. I shouldn't, but I think when they call and they meet that person or they talk to that person, mm-hmm. they said, "Hey." Jeffrey thought you were great uh-huh. and you changed his life. Yeah. I think they listen to him. I hope they do. Uh, I know I know David does. Yeah. So, um, but I wanted to tell you thank you again. And um, Miss Santos Tacos will be awesome to hear from next week. be fun to listen. So you have a good afternoon, Lynn. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Secret Sauce Podcast. Follow us on social media at The Secret Sauce Pod to receive daily encouragement on how to find your secret sauce to life.